Hey guys, this is Gloria Buckman Youngson, and you're listening to the Musings Over Coffee podcast. A short, candid, no fuss podcast for creative professionals where we're talking business, leadership, and personal development. Hey guys, today I am hanging out with my woman crush every day, Gifty Osei Bengali, an award-winning brand and communication strategy executive for one of Ghana's telecommunications giants. She probably doesn't know this, but I stalk her Instagram account nearly every day and feel super inspired by the bits of her life that she shares with us online. Gifty to me is a definition of intensity, passion and energy and it is reflected in everything she does in this podcast we will be talking about how to celebrate your successes your failures and how to navigate tough life experiences and push your boundaries so i'm going to allow Gifty to introduce herself and tell us a bit about herself and then we can delve into today's conversation hi Gifty. hi gloria Great to be here, and thank you so much for the opportunity. Thank you. Um, I was talking to Sarah last week, and she was like, you know what, I'm the first to have done the podcast for Gloria, and you've got to go and do it. And I was like, yeah, I'll I'll reach out to her, Um, which is exactly what I've done now. It's it's a delight to have you. What I want to know is, or what I'm sure everyone wants to know, is a bit about your background, your family, your early child memories, your education, your career, what your journey has been like, how it's gotten here. Okay, I pretty much have what I call a simple life. I grew up in Abuasi. Um, my father worked on the mine. My mom had a couple of shops. Um, my mom sold everything from shoes to handbags to, you know, all lady stuff. I went to Anglo-Golda Shanti School. So in my neighborhood, we knew everybody knew everybody, you know, because we, we were kind of a community. So, you know, I know my friend, I know my friend's father. And we were sort of each other's people, very closely knit. So that's that where I grew up. And then I went to Fantaman's Girls Secondary school. From there, I went to the Ghana Institute of Journalism, that is journalism, the Central University. That's where I did my first three. And then, you know, school, education, I've kind of gone on and on and on and on a bit. So in between all this, right up there, I actually started working for my mother. I was wanting to manage one of my mother's shops. Um, I was selling clothes to shoes and bags and anything. And in the next shop was a guy called Wafabut. Wafabut, you sell beer and Guinness and stuff like that, and still wholesaling. But there are a couple of times, you know, some of the men would come and hang around there and they would open the bottle so for this particular afternoon one man walked past and he greeted me and I kind of responded and said Mikacho good afternoon and he went took a few steps forward and came back again and he said he did not expect me to say Mikacho good afternoon because people would be good afternoon and we sort of look away and then we, we started talking a little bit and then I found out he was the editor for a radio station called Shaft FM before that as well I'd spoken to my godmother so one afternoon I tuned in and I'd heard people talking in radio. Um, at that time, radio was relatively, this was, I think, in early 99. And I, I, I said to my godmother, Sister Bella, that you know, I could do that. And she was like, well, let's see. So one thing led to another, another, and I met the station manager, Kujaka Kwasing. So I got a job. I was 18 years old. I got a job in a radio station. And I was literally doing everything from production assistant to standing in as a temp to queuing audio tapes and all of it. Um, I did that 
for about two years. My original plan was in secondary school, I studied visual arts. And after secondary school, my dream was actually to go to KNUSC. And in KNUSC, I wanted to do metal work. But those were the times where when you, when you finish secondary school, you have to stay home for two years before you go to university because there was a backlog of, you know, our seniors. So I found myself working in the radio station that after a while, two years really, I fell in love with it. And the, the station also expressed interest that they think I should pursue it as a, a career. So I got a lot of support to write the entrance exam and all that for the Ghana Institute of Journalism. So instead of going to KNUSD, I found myself in journalism. And that really began my media sort of career from there. I've had a great career in media. Currently, I do more PR and brand and marketing and events and sort of I'm sort of in that space, but I've enjoyed it. While in GIJ, actually, I got a part-time job at TV3 to host a youth program called Youth Quake. This was in 2001. I did that for a couple of years, and then I stayed on for employment. So I worked in TV3 for about nine years, and then afterwards, I decided to do a career change. I wanted to do more PR, so I worked at the British High Commission, and then I worked in Vodafone, and then I joined Tico, and essentially, that's been it for me. So I, I have a have a child, uh, Lucky boy called a pinky. And then I'm sick in terms of my father, my parents, and children. I'm number two, and I've got the rest behind. So you married? Yes, I'm married. Um, I've been married in 10 years, actually. I'll be 10 years in December. Wow. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. You, you have a very fascinating story. It looks like you've been working your way on a very awkward journey from visual arts to journalism and now to PR. What is it exactly that moved you from one step of your career journey to the next? What inspired you? I've had a couple of different interests. Actually, when I was growing up, I wanted to be an air hostess. But I also found out that I could creatively work on stuff. So the simple things we used to do in vocational studies, for instance, this is uh, the early part of the GHS system, um, where you will draw, you will use pencils and felt pens. I always was able to do something different, completely different from a lot of what my schoolmates would do. So again, the advice of my parents, when I was going to secondary school, I actually selected visual arts as those were the days where I choose the first course, second course, third course. Mm-hmm. And all my three courses were visual arts because I, I knew that creatively I could work on stuff and visually as well, I was very good. And and one of the things I've, I've always said is never reject any opportunity because sometimes the opportunities that come our way, which may seem very little and very insignificant, could actually develop into something else. We had to wait two years before we go to university. And in those times, you would either have to stay home, work for your mother, or find something else to do, because two years is quite a long time. And it was within that period that, you know, I found myself in a radio station, and it was supposed to be a temporary job, but I I put in my best. Um, I was one of the youngest in the whole team. I was about 18 years old, actually. A lot of the other people were way older. Uh, They used to call me Shaft Baby. The radio station was called Shaft Radio. And there was never a task I would reject. You know, sometimes from running errands for people to queuing tapes to picking up a newspaper and curling a story. So when daily graphic is reported in the story, rewriting it, you know, to suit the local context. 
I would take that and I would happily do. Somebody is late and cannot meet his shift of programming that day. I'm happy to pick it up and I'm happy to do it. So somehow, you know, your focus and your passion and your interest keeps changing and keeps developing. So then I developed the interest in journalism. Mm-hmm. and went on to pursue it. Even with PR as well, while I was in the newsroom, and a couple of times, you know, people would come and say, oh, so we're doing this program and we want TV coverage. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you'd ask them what the program is and you'd really understand that what they are looking for, what they, what they actually need, is probably not even TV coverage. So it's not probably worth paying for television coverage. Maybe if you get daily graphics to come and cover it, it'll be good. Or maybe if you did a story for yourself, like a press release and you shared it, it would be good instead of just being secreted or one particular thing. So sometimes I found myself advising people when they would come forward and I would say, oh, instead of opening this up to one of you, why don't you open it up to radio and print and, you know, electronic journalism, online and all those others. And then I, I found my interest shifting again. And then it just kept changing. It kept going through it. I find you take a step not knowing how big it will be, mm-hmm. but it ends up being that major if you're good at it. And sometimes opportunities come as unsigned, but mm-hmm. if you actually pursued it, and, and work that it consistently for a while could be part of something beautiful and something amazing. Yeah. I, I think it's the opportunities that come around us. I don't think any opportunities fall. Sometimes it's what we end up doing with it. That's what ends up changing it completely for us. Mm, absolutely. One of the lessons that I have learned is never feeling too big. Start from the beginning. We go into all of these careers and we have very big dreams and there's nothing wrong with being ambitious. But I remember one of my personal experiences when I went to the University of Stirling to study for my master's in PR. I got a job yeah. at the Hilton, yeah. um, I remember. Wow. Yes. So I was working with the Hilton as a host and I remember that one of my very first tasks when I walked into the Hilton was to help the waiters to fold napkins. And in my head, I was thinking, wait a minute, I came here to be an event host and (laughs) take care of the account. I'm not here to fold napkins. But I remember that. And now, looking at where I am now as an event planner and designer, I am thinking, wow, this is a skill that has served me and is still serving me. I can imagine if I had rejected it and said, well, I'm not here to fold napkins. I'm here to stand at the door and look pretty. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, if we are facing a delay or, you know, our staff are overwhelmed with tasks, I can actually sit down and fold my own napkins, which I find is amazing. It's everything, right? So even as an event planner and designer, you because you know how everything should look like, mm-hmm. if anybody in your team didn't show up, I'm sure it's something you can easily fill in and do. And mm-hmm. that's because you've, you've learned from the basics. It builds as you've gone along. Absolutely. You know, so it, it's the most brilliant thing. For me, no job is beneath me and no job is above me. I'm as good as my last job. Mm-hmm. If that means taking off my high set, running down the stairs to go get something or to arrange chairs or to put tables together or it doesn't really matter. I Ultimately, all those little details contribute towards the bigger picture. Yes. So it may look like little, but actually all those little details make a huge difference to the bigger picture. So nothing is beneath me and nothing is above me. Mm, mm, I couldn't agree more. So talking about life lessons, Gifty, what are some of your major life lessons? Life has been good, but I've also had a lot of struggles with life. So for almost 12 years, 
2000 up until I think 2012, I was always combining work and school. Either I was schooling, weekend school, or I was always working full-time. And that required a lot of discipline. That required a lot of sacrifice. That required a lot of thinking and planning. It also required getting a lot of support through it. So it's not been as good as it should have been. Along the way, I've lost friends. I've lost boyfriends. <laughs> I lost I lost my mother. Along the ways I've I've been on this whole emotional roller coaster. But I think through it all as well, when you really focus and you tell yourself that most of the stuff I'm working on now will pay in the future or you know, you expect the dividends or the reward come sometimes towards the future. I think it, it, it also helps you deal with some of it. But life definitely is not one that just slide along effortless. Life is such that we adjust and change as we go along. And it, it's very important that we're able to navigate and we're able to combine. Sometimes the, immediate, the goals are immediate. Sometimes the goals are not immediate. Sometimes even the things that bring us pain teach us very important lessons. If you worked on something that you got your hands burned, I'm sure the next time you're working on that same particular project, knowing what you know and having been through what you've been through, you're able to make more informed decisions about it. So for me, I also see a lot of life appointments as great opportunities that have helped strengthen my mind and helped strengthen my resolve and my will to keep working hard at it. We do find some of our greatest life lessons from the challenges that we face. But how do you push through some of these tough challenges and still are able to leap onto higher heights? So a few of the things that I love to do is I like to keep myself motivated. I think it's super important because sometimes you burn out, because sometimes you're in tears, because sometimes you're hurt, sometimes you're in pain. So one of the things that I do as a habit is, for instance, I have a book by my bedside. And one of the things I do religiously, I've been doing for a while now, is I write the things I'm grateful for. So you know how sometimes you're focusing on a bigger picture that the rest of what What's happening and what's good in your life don't really matter because you're looking at something that you think is bigger. But every day you're able to achieve all these little successes and able to do all these little different things and sharing the joy of others. So I write some of the things I'm grateful for. I also find inspiration from the people around. I talk to people. I, I have a support network. My best friend is Sarah. She is my mentor. I've got a few other mentors as well. Um, I reach out. I, I get help. I get support. Um, I read other people's story. I try to understand other people's journey and sharing that. And some of those things also inspire me. And I also think that once God has kept me alive, kept me alive for a purpose. So if anything happened today, which was very negative, I still have a have a life. And where there's life, there's hope. So giving up is definitely not, a, not an option. Just pushing the boundaries and focusing on what's positive. Controlling my mind. Thinking of really positive outcomes. Because sometimes even before you start the day, you already dream. My mother used to say that every time we travel to the village and stuff like that, you know, sometimes when you're traveling along the road, you'll find people who live in touch rooms that outside. And sometimes they're smiling and they're happy. Mm -hmm. And one of the things my mother often used to remind us was that, you know, Money does not necessarily make people happy. And that if money was the reason for happiness, some of these people that we find 
live in touched houses and are sat outside with their family, enjoying fresh air and laughing and smiling would have very little smile. So you need to look at that. And and a lot of the times I, I say that to myself that there's everything positive as we go along. There's everything good as we go along. And you know, if, if God is not true with you and you're still on earth and you can breathe and you have a, a life, you have a responsibility not to give up, essentially. So for me is keeping yourself motivated, controlling your mind and your thoughts, depending on a support system that works, from family to best friends to mentors. Absolutely. I remember that we received this negative review last year after one of our events, which I thought we had put in our all. And when I saw yeah. that negative review, it was about the length of an A4 sheet or perhaps more. And I read that review and I remember being so downcast and so upset. And I'm there thinking, wow, we did so much for this person and why are they sending us this negative review? And I focused on it and I began to grow that negativity until it was rippling and affecting everyone around me because I was so downcast and upset. And eventually, husband, my husband said to me, wait a minute, how many events have we planned? And I remember saying to him, we have planned about a hundred and something events. And he, the next question that he asked me was, and how many negative reviews have we received? And it was just a moment of realization for me. I was like, wow, this one thing has made me forget all of the good things that we have done and I am focusing on this tiny spot in the middle of the sea. Mm-hmm. The world is screaming now. Mm-hmm. If you can't find the sunshine, be your sunshine. Focus on the good. Mm-hmm. A lot mm-hmm. of the time we forget when we receive one that one thing that draws us back, we forget about mm-hmm. all of the steps that we have taken. The one hundred, one thousand, one million steps that we have taken Absolutely. forward. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And you and you see just one negative review and it has that rippling effect on everything else that you do if you're not careful you don't want to get out of bed in the morning your next event you're probably walking on eggshells you're, it has that it's just that negative thought it has that controlling ability over you and sometimes if you're not careful it actually overpowers you and see all those great reviews you've had taken all of them for granted all of them did not matter just that one and you took it to heart so I think I think our minds are a great thing to control and for me beyond it in my diary one of the other things I also did or I have done in the last two years is I actually wasn't very active on Instagram I'd opened an account and I just left it but I said to myself look there there are stuff that are very private and personal that can go in my journal. And there are stuff which is just overall broader and general that I could probably use my social media as a channel to put those stuff up and channel some of that energy into that as well. Mm. Just so you don't forget and just so you're grateful and just so you see how far you've come, right? Mm. You were fold, you folded napkins how many years ago? And I remember the year where Planet won the Google Award because yeah. I, was, I was with Denta then. It was amazing. This was... It's Yeah, so you see, I know how far you've come. You've done amazing work of training people, sharing in people's joy and people's happiness. Because I I think every time people have weddings or people have parties and stuff like that, Mm. they're sharing a piece of their joy and a piece of their happiness. And I think your job is very rewarding as someone who brings that happiness and that joy to life. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Even when we're overwhelmed, there's no place I'd rather be. Yeah, I am your job. (laughs) It's It's a happy job. It's a happy job. Do you find your job tough? Sometimes it is tough. Sometimes phases you go through and the things you work on are very tough. And it's also very demanding. Mm. And sometimes it takes up a lot of effort, a lot of planning, a lot of execution. And sometimes it 
everything matters from all the little details to the bigger picture. What is the one major goof or failure that you have faced in your current job or previous jobs and what did you learn from it? One of my major failures has been as someone managing people. I think there was a particular time that in terms of some of the people that I managed, there was one particular person that at the time we were making very important decisions and this person was an amazing person, worked really hard. This person was quite junior in the team but in terms of energy and strength and all that, I thought this person had the potential but at the time I was looking at the competencies in front of me and I moved this person from my team to another team and this was uh, someone who had great ambition to be like me and I think in some ways I changed her career path. I've, I've had a few of those disappointments. I've had a few of those tough moments. Those are quite difficult circumstances. And but like I said, you know, in, in those times, you're making the decision purely on competencies and what's in front of you. And that's what you're doing your evaluations on. So there have been times where I've let people down. And some of those, especially the people part, becomes very tough to deal with. The general job, not so much. Either an event works or it doesn't work. Either a PR plan works or it doesn't work. Either a brand plan works or it doesn't work. But even with those ones, a lot of the times you would have done your SWOT analysis or your pencil analysis so you know what your strengths and your weaknesses are. And oftentimes you have the opportunity to come back and readjust. But I think the people conversation for any manager is always the hardest and the toughest. How are you able to balance these emotions, balance your professional life and your personal life as a career-driven woman? I think the, the first thing is to be authentic. I like frank and honest conversations. And I mean, I've said it to a lot of people oftentimes that for the job I do, if I'm not honest, I can never do a great job because sometimes I need to understand it as it is. I, I don't need to lie to myself. I don't need to lie to other people. It, it's important to understand it as it is so that you know what to highlight and what to strengthen. And even with the people conversation, I line manage people down but I also have the people down me and I say it often to them that you also need to line manage me up so if I'm line managing you you also line manage me in a way I will line manage you in terms of assessment and the rest but tell me what what do you like what don't you like let's have fun conversations honest conversations about the things that go on and I also like to encourage people to come up with ideas but mm. I think as a as a PR person as a communication person I think communication is one of the most critical and most important element in any relationship whether it's professional or it's personal and so that's one of the things I, I always try to keep an open mind about and it's also important to be open-minded on a closer examination or closer look or when the project is completed or through the relationship things change so let's always keep an open mind instead of always sticking to our guns and always saying this is the way we want and therefore this is the way it must be done. Hmm. I, I find that for me, as an event professional, one of the things that I always try to be mindful of is that you're working with a lot of different people with very different personalities, not just your client base, but also your team. Because as an event planner, what my job entails is managing a lot of different other professionals who feel very capable in their own industry. I am hiring a photographer, I am hiring a videographer, I am hiring a caterer, I am hiring a mobile bar um, attendant, I am hiring so many different people that I normally don't work with on a day-to-day -day basis, but only come together for 
specific event. So yeah. really, when it comes to people management, it really is about managing egos and keeping that communication channel open and two-way so that they feel that, okay, if I'm not comfortable in this situation, I can go ahead and speak to Gloria about it. Equally, if I am happy about it, I can highlight what I'm happy about so that we can repeat these areas that we are all happy and fulfilled in. Absolutely. And and I think one, one of the other important things is we don't necessarily need to give feedback only when it is negative. I think when feedback is great and positive, and I find that is one of the most amazing things. I mean, for instance, I've been line managed. And for a lot of my line managers, I've gone over and beyond sometimes what I'm supposed to do because I find that the, the feedback I get from them when it's an excellent word, the joy I get from them is those things urge me on and make me happy. So in treating the people who I line manage as well is when they've done an excellent work, sometimes it's just about buying a cake or buying drinks or sending an email say, you know, you worked on X, Y, Z and I find the execution, the planning, the strategy, the thinking very excellent, well done. And those are things that go amazing, amazing ways to inspire and motivate people and to make them want to give up their best. So I think feedback should not always necessarily be negative. When people have done excellent jobs, I think we need to celebrate them. Where have you felt the most successful, Gifty? Where have I felt the most successful? I see it more as just for having taken a step. Sometimes the outcome doesn't really matter. It's just having put in the effort or just putting in the steps. Sometimes I think I've won because sometimes I think the first step is overcoming that mental challenge. Say, I'm going to do this. So for me and for, I think life is not a huge road. Life has got a lot of detours and contours. And I also think the same way for people and knowing that the effort is the most honest and best effort I've put in. If the outcome is achieved or is not achieved, just for putting in that effort and knowing that I've done the best, I think I'm able to sleep with myself when I go to bed at night. That makes a lot of sense. I, for a very long time, struggled with perfectionism and I always felt, I'm not going to start this if it can't end perfectly. If it's not, the outcome is not going to be perfect, I don't want to be involved in it. I don't want to put my name on it. But over the last few months or so, that perception or that struggle has changed dramatically and I have started to think and prioritize getting it done over finishing it off and for it to be perfect. Mm -hmm. One of the lessons that I hope that many more of us would embrace that it doesn't always have to be a perfect result. The fact Mm -hmm. that you have decided to pick up your sword and go on the battlefield is enough. Just start wherever you are with whatever you have. I completely agree. So do your best work and not necessarily aim for perfection. As long as it's your best work, you get by. And and sometimes also, you know, even in that, just the process of just putting in that effort, there are little milestones in there that are worth celebrating, even if the end goal is not achieved. I think that this has been such a soul-searching conversation. I I can feel myself in the depth of my reflections right now. But before I let you go, I just want to ask, because I am a book lover, what are your top three recommended books for discovering your purpose? One of my all-time favorite books. I got it actually as a birthday gift for my 17th birthday. And that book changed my life completely. Is called The Power of Positive Thinking. I'm not sure if you've come across that book. No, but I'm going to... Okay, so it's called, it's called The Power of Positive Thinking, and it's a book by Vincent Norman Peale. Fantastic, fantastic book. It's just all the different things that we can use our minds to control, even before our hands reach out to touch. 
everything. Everything starts from your mind because your mind controls your entire nervous system and your entire organ. So everything about it, about time management, about dealing with people, all those are excellent advice in the book. One of my other favorites is also called How to Win Friends and Influence People Oh yeah, by Bill mm-hmm. Canning. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely brilliant book. I think that's a good one. There's also another book by Guy Finley. I read it a couple of years ago. It's The Secret of Let's Go. Letting it all go. Not taking things personal and not taking things to heart and not harboring those negative intentions. Those are probably three three top books that come to mind. I've done a lot of other books. Every quarter I read from books related specifically to professional to books that inspire and mentor. I've done I've done the whole stretch and my Top three probably will be these three. The power of positive thinking, how to win friends and influence people, and the secret of letting go. But I'm looking forward to your, you sharing yours with me as well. So what top three should I include? So I'm reading a book by Mark Manson. Okay. Sarah gifted me the other day. It's, it's called The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so guys, what you probably don't know is, yeah, I do love Jesus, but I cuss a little as well. So, yeah, yeah, no, you know, it comes with the pressures of the job. So I, it's okay. I, am, I am loving this book because it is, I think that it came at the perfect time. At a time when I was worrying about way too much. Just talk about let things go. And I'm going to read that book as well because I feel like I would need it. Gessie, thank you so much. Thank you, Gloria. Every conversation I have with a power woman like you, I feel could go forever and ever and never end. So definitely, I will be calling on you again and having a deeper conversation about life, about overcoming and navigating tough experiences and focusing on our successes. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. And it's been a pleasure as well. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you so much. Thank Thank you. you. Happy, happy Easter. There you go. I told you Gifty is intense. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and leave a review. And if you know anyone who will benefit from this podcast, please share it with them so they can listen too. If you'd like to know more, you can find me on musingsovercoffee.com, on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at musingsoc. I will catch up with you again soon. Until then, keep it real, keep safe, and stay topped up. Bye-bye.